unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic, and it looks like you rounded up a, a pretty awesome surprise for the listeners today. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you, chill, and absorb as much information as I can today. All right, so uh, let's let's get to our show. Our guest today, I'm very happy to have him. He has taken his copywriting knowledge over to the paid content platform Patreon, and he's the first person. I've heard about doing this. Eddie Schlainer started out writing copy for some large business websites. Meanwhile, he kept some notes to himself as he was figuring out copywriting on the job training um, and, you know, succeeding at it. Um, But he really wrote out some detailed instructions. One thing led to another. There have been some pretty interesting developments. You'll hear about them today. But first, hear this. Copywriting is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. So if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Eddie, welcome and thanks for being here. Hey, I've been a huge fan of the show, so I, I, I appreciate you calling me on. Well, great. Um, so let's get right into it. We've got a lot to cover. You've taken a different approach to copywriting from anyone else I've come across. Um, before we get into your history in just a minute, could you tell us something about the results you're getting today in terms of clients and income? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So about my approach, I guess, you know, I was teaching myself uh, copywriting and marketing and I figured if I could, you know, explain a copywriting or marketing principle in a clear and concise and entertaining way, then I was ready to use it, you know, in my own work and my own promotions. Um, and I did this for a while privately. You know, I would just, you know, write these articles in a running Google Doc, and then eventually I figured, you know, why not publish them on a blog? You know, make them public, and you know, I guess create a feedback loop uh, because feedback is something I didn't really have. Um, I didn't really know if the way I was, you know, explaining these principles was actually uh, helpful to people. Uh, so I made them public, and and that's really how VeryGoodCopy.com started. Uh, it was a way for me to, you know, document my education as a copywriter and, and marketer while also practicing uh, my writing. And so I did that for a while, uh, but I'll, I'll admit I wasn't very consistent. Uh, at first, you know, sometimes I'd write a couple articles a week and then sometimes, you know, I wouldn't write for a month at a time. So uh, I wasn't very disciplined when it came to my uh, creative schedule. And uh, the consistency, I think, kicked in about three years ago um, when I became the copy chief at G2.com, which is basically like a Yelp but for software. Um, you know, plus a few other things in my life, I guess, you know, inspired me to uh, produce more and, and try to grow the newsletter as much as possible. And, you know, now the very good copy list is, you know, over 20,000 email subscribers and, and growing at a, at a healthy clip. So uh, I've since left G2 to 
to dedicate you know my time to growing BGC and BGC Plus, uh, which, like you mentioned, is my monthly uh, copywriting course subscription on Patreon. Thank you very much, uh, and that's where we are now. You know, and, and in terms of clients and income, um, I think that's all going well because of, I guess, the credibility that I've I've created through very good copy and through educating others about uh, you know copywriting and and marketing and creative thinking. Oh, well, that's interesting and impressive. And, you know, most people would start out a copywriting career writing sales copy for free or with an agency job or maybe hanging out in one of the online copywriting groups, going to seminars. You you have a different career path, though. Um, could you share the highlights of how you got to this point where you're doing uh, the Patreon thing and, and the free email list? Oh, sure. So. Yeah, basically, I was an English major in college. Uh, so, you know, I studied literature and, and narrative writing and uh, advertising and marketing wasn't really on my radar. Uh, in fact, I didn't know what copywriting was, you know, when I graduated from from school. Uh, all I knew was that I wanted to write for a living, uh, but I didn't really know where to where to start. So I got an inside sales job for a year. Um, which I really didn't like because again, I, you know, I just wanted to write for work. Um, so after a year I left and, and got work writing uh, job ads for career builder, uh, which is a pretty big job board where, you know, companies buy space to uh, advertise open roles and positions. And my responsibility was to take those ads and make them as you know compelling and appealing uh, as possible for the right audience, um, the right candidates. So I quickly realized that my worth in that role was dependent on how often I could get a candidate to click apply and take action. So I didn't know it when I accepted the position, but I came to realize that I was doing uh, something called direct response copywriting. Uh, and when I found that out, I became you know fairly obsessed uh, with learning everything I could about the craft uh, because to me it was like a godsend. You know, suddenly I was aware of you know, a writing discipline that uh, paid well uh, so I could make a, a living doing what I, what I love to do. Uh, and that's where, you know, my education started. You know, back then I didn't have a, a personal mentor per se. Um, instead, I would just read books and, and blogs and, and listen to podcasts about uh, copywriting and marketing. And, and when I came across a valuable principle or technique, you know, I would challenge myself to uh, write about it in a way that, that teaches it to others. Um, and that's where, like I said, very good copy started. It was just me, uh, you know, documenting what I learned. Okay, so what you're describing is really a self-determined path. Um, you didn't exactly have, you know, a proven model to follow like a lot of us have done. What mistakes did you make and, and what did you learn from them? Well, I, I think the biggest mistake I made was not sharing my work sooner, you know, because like I said, I, I was documenting my education um, for a while before I started putting articles online. And I, I think I just assumed that because I wasn't yet an expert, that my voice and perspective wouldn't be um, valuable to other people. Um, and even after, you know, I bought the very good copy domain and started publishing, I still wasn't uh, convinced that the work was of any value to people. So for a while, I wasn't even collecting email addresses for the newsletter. Uh, it was only after I did a guest post for uh, the HubSpot marketing blog, uh, which had a backlink to very good copy, 
Uh, and literally dozens of people filled my my contact form, you know, asking where they could sign up for the newsletter. And so I thought, man, you know, maybe I should do that. <laughs> so I created a uh, a Mailchimp account that day and and added a newsletter form fill to to VGC that day. Um, and then the next time I published on HubSpot, you know, over a thousand people hit my site, and almost two hundred of those people signed up for the newsletter. Um, and that's when I thought, you know, I probably had something and. Uh, had probably missed out on some opportunities, yeah, you know, to con- convert visitors into subscribers. And uh, actually, years later, I found a quote by a designer named Mike Montero, and he said, "The secret to being good at anything is to approach it like a curious idiot rather than a know-it-all genius." Uh, I love that quote, and and it made me realize that a lot of people put pressure on themselves to, you know, know a subject matter inside and out before. They try to teach it uh, to people. Um, and I think that makes sense if you're a doctor, probably, you know, and your influence can literally affect, you know, someone's health and safety. Uh, but if you're a creative person, you know, if you're writing and designing, you know, I'm not sure you need to necessarily be a world class practitioner at your craft to share information um, that's helpful or, you know, inspiring to people. I think you just need to be curious and, and write as you learn. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I guess I wish I'd known that earlier in my journey because it would have, first of all, taken some of the pressure off. Um, and then ultimately, you know, I probably would have grown and, and developed faster had I had that perspective. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I guess maybe people who are learning something, it, if you're a, a, a good writer, which you obviously are, you know, good storyteller, good explainer, um, good um, trail guide, maybe, you know, scout, uh, they're, they're as interested in, in learning about your journey and your thoughts and your discoveries. It makes them feel okay that uh, um, they're having the same doubts or the same discoveries or they still don't know how to do something. I, I mean, I really like that. But let's look on the other side. What were the things you tried that, that worked out well? Well, I think from the get-go, you know, I had committed to a, um, a micro format. And this ended up becoming really effective uh, for me, not only in a way in, you know, to differentiate the content on very good copy, but also to kind of streamline the production uh, of that content. So for example, I started with what I call micro articles, uh, which I basically bill as, you know, clear, concise articles designed to teach one persuasion principle or technique at a time. Um, and then I started creating uh, micro interviews. Uh, which are basically, you know, written interviews with other creative pros, so copywriters and, and and marketers and designers, asking them the same six questions, um, which are one, what's your work routine, and two, what do you know now about your work that you wish you'd known when you first started, and three, what did your biggest professional failure teach you, and four, the number one thing uh, that's helped you shorten your craft's learning curve. And then five was what book has helped you the most over your career? And finally, what's your parting piece of advice? So every interviewee answers the same six questions, um, which turned out to be a pretty efficient way to conduct uh, written interviews, at least. Um, and then I also created you know, these micro courses and micro series. And micro courses are akin, I guess, to very long, rich, detailed articles um, about a specific copywriting principle. So for example, I have one micro course teaching you how to write uh, fascinations, um, which are basically 
sentences designed to evoke curiosity in the reader and, and, and make you click through, and make you take action. Um, and if you go to verygoodcopy.com right now, you can get access to that immediately. Just look in the main nav under microcourses. Um, and then I have another course called Conversion Class, uh, where I tear down basically every persuasion principle and technique I use on, on Very Good Copy. And that was born after I launched on Product Hunt and converted 21% of the visitors from that launch into subscribers. So I figured that would make you know a pretty compelling course. Um, and it's actually my most popular one to date. And you know, if you subscribe, you can get that one in your first newsletter. And yeah, so every micro series uh, is basically a collection of of articles, you know, about the same theme or around the same subject or author. So long story short, by rooting very good copy content in this micro format. Um, I not only made it easy for myself to create content, but I made it easy for people to uh, consume it because, you know, they knew what to expect. And I think knowing what to expect, you know, decreases the cognitive load and, and, and basically makes things easier to consume and understand. So I think one of the best things I did was, was create a consistent, repeatable format um, that's now become pretty synonymous with, with the brand. Yeah, that's good. I, I think you either stumbled upon or researched or figured out um, what a lot of businesses take a long time to understand, which is, you know, something reliable and consistent um, builds, builds a lot of trust and faith in the business. So Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. So, so you have 20,000 subscribers to your email newsletter which is not the world's biggest list, but for a copywriting list, that's pretty damn good. And I'll take it, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I'd say more than a lot of online businesses have. What would you say from a content creation point of view are the most important things you did that build up your subscriber base? Yeah, so for, from a content creation standpoint, the micro-articles definitely made that connection with, with readers early on. Uh, before the interviews, before the courses and series, um, the articles are what I built uh, an audience on, I think. And, and each article is really a combination of three things. Um, so there's a story uh, or an anecdote. Uh, there's a lesson about copywriting or, or marketing or creativity. Um, and then there's a standard length. So in other words, almost every micro article starts with an experience I had. Uh, an anecdote I heard, a show I watched, a book I read, uh, and it usually has nothing to do with copywriting or marketing uh, or creativity. It's just an arbitrary story uh, that I've come into some way, somehow, um, you know, just living my life. Uh, but because I'm a student of copywriting and, and, and marketing, uh, what usually happens is I come across a story and I automatically see uh, a bridge or a parallel between that story, that anecdote that experience and a copywriting or marketing or creativity technique uh, or principle I can teach. Um, so once I have the story and I have the lesson, uh, now the work boils down to uh, telling that story and teaching that lesson in about 220, 225 words, um, because that's how long micro articles are. And uh, when I put that story, that lesson, and that length together, I end up with uh, my first draft. Um, and then I'll usually edit that draft, you know, <laughs> dozens of times before I think it's it's ready to go. Um, but that's that's the basic process that I use is, is I look for those three things. Um, and when I put those three things together, uh, you know, I just keep on keep on rewriting. Well, that's fascinating. 
and very valuable for anyone else who's wanting to do content. Can you give us an example, specific one? Yeah, of course. Um, so, for example, for as long as I can remember, I've been plagued uh, by this feeling of um, dread or, or insecurity or hopelessness, I guess, leading up to a copywriting breakthrough or a creative breakthrough. In other words, if, I, if I'm stuck, you know, searching for a big idea for a campaign or if I'm stuck working on an article uh, or if I'm stuck, you know, trying to even design a gift for a post, basically, if I'm stuck, I feel as though, you know, I'm never going to get unstuck. Um, and that to me has always been a very lonely feeling, uh, because I know ultimately it's, you know, it's my responsibility and my responsibility alone to, you know, to find a solution to that problem. And, uh, I've always referred to this feeling as creative loneliness. Um, so a few weeks ago, I rewatched, uh, a documentary called six days to air, uh, which is all about South Park's production schedule, which is insane. Um, and basically each episode of, of South Park is created in just six days. Um, and they do that so that the storylines can be, you know, current and topical. And so the documentary follows the co-creators, Trey Parker and Matt Stone and their team through the process. And there's this one scene where Trey, uh, who's the lead writer on the show, uh, gets a McDonald's delivery. And the documentary producer behind the camera asks Trey, uh, how McDonald's affects his creativity. And Trey says that it doesn't. He says it just makes him happy. Um, and then he explains how much, you know, he hates writing because it's such a sad and difficult process, you know, knowing that everyone's waiting on him and, you know, he's struggling to get the work as good as it can be. And he goes, I just hate it so much. And McDonald's just makes it better. And I'm watching this and thinking, geez, you know, I know that feeling, you know, that's, that's creative loneliness, you know, in a nutshell. So instantly I realized, you know, this is a great story to introduce that concept um, in a way that normalizes it, um, you know, because if somebody has accomplished as Trey Parker feels it, right, then we can all feel it. And so, you know, there's an example of me, you know, taking a story I found in the wild, the story of Trey and, and his McDonald's um, and connecting it to a lesson about creative thinking. Um, and I think when I wrote it, my first draft was about, uh, 400 words. So I knew I had to cut that down by about, you know, 180, uh, for it to fit into the format. Um, and so that's when that editing process begins, right? It's just, it really just boils down to me going through the copy and asking myself, you know, where can I eliminate words, but still, uh, retain the message or, you know, can I replace these three words with one word or can I connect these two sentences? And so after I have the story and the lesson put together, it's really an exercise in concision, right? Which is actually, you know, I like a lot more than the writing part. You know, I think staring at a blank or incomplete page is, is, a, is a lot more daunting than, than paring a page down, uh, at least for me. Yeah. Um, any chance we could get you to, to read that micro article? Yeah, I've never uh, I've never done a reading of a <laughs> of a micro article before. Do, do so. a dramatic reading, sure. <laughs> yeah, here it goes. Uh, okay, creative loneliness. This is the title. Creative loneliness is real. I just rewatched Six Days to Air. It's a documentary about South Park's production schedule, which is the most grueling in broadcast TV. Each episode is written, recorded, animated, and delivered in just six days. Trey Parker created South Park. Matt Stone, the co-creator called Trey the chef, the force behind the show's success. In a scene from the documentary, 
trays in his office eating McDonald's. How does McDonald's affect your creativity? The producer asked. Uh, Trey took a bite. It doesn't. He wiped his mouth with his hand. It just makes me happy for like five minutes. He reached for his Coke. I hate writing so much because the writing part of it is actually so lonely and sad because I know everyone's waiting for me to get it done. And just like that battle of fighting over lines and trying to figure out what's the best way to say things, he took a sip. I just hate it so much. And McDonald's, McDonald's is just a little bit of sunshine. Creative loneliness is that feeling of dread or insecurity or hopelessness leading up to a breakthrough. And if an Oscar-nominated, Tony-winning, Grammy-winning genius like Trey Parker feels it, we can all feel it. It's real and it's normal too. And that's a that's a micro article. So that's you know that's, that's two hundred words. That's awesome, hey man. You you took me there. I I love it. That's really good. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. Well, let's talk just a a few minutes about your subscription service. Um... For copywriters on Patreon, the um, Very Good Copy Plus, I think it's called, right? Sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I launched VGC Plus last year in November on Patreon, um, which, like you said, is a subscription platform for uh, creators. And initially, my thought was to publish about three pieces of content per week. Um, so I was publishing you know, articles and series and, and videos and podcasts. Uh, just a ton of content that wasn't accessible to anyone unless they were VGC Plus members. And obviously, at the end of the month, a few people would would churn and, and discontinue their membership. Not a lot, thankfully, but of those who did, the majority had basically the same uh, feedback in their exit surveys, which was, you know, there's too much content to consume. And at first, this didn't make sense. You know, I figured more is always better. Uh, but as the trend continued, I realized that what people want is less content and that's more transformational. So in other words, people want to sink their teeth into a principle or concept or technique in a way that they'll they'll never forget. And I think the fact is that you know this takes time and effort, right? It takes time to digest information and it takes effort to apply that information and actually use it and benefit from it. And I think if you have too much coming at you, uh, it becomes very overwhelming and, and your experience suffers. So I decided to pivot away from uh, 12 pieces of content per month and just do one piece of content per month. Uh, and that one piece is uh, a video micro course. So both familiar to my audience and novel at the same time, because I don't really uh, make videos outside of VGC+. So on the first of each month, I post a new uh, course. And on the last day of each month, I, I take it down and, and sell it all cart for a premium. 
Um, and then it's replaced the next day with, with a new course and the cycle kind of repeats itself. And the subscription is only 10 bucks and, you know, that gets you the course each month as well as, you know, access to, uh, all the other content that was there, uh, dozens of articles and series and, and, and podcasts and videos from before the pivot. So that's, that's plus in a nutshell. I just want to commend you on creating an awesome business model. I think one of the things that I've learned in my copywriting experience is that it's better to be selling your own stuff than constantly be looking for new clients. And I think that what you've done is something that copywriters out there who are on the roller coaster of client and, and client acquisition and, and uh, feast and famine, um, looking at what you did and, and maybe studying and seeing if they could implement a little bit of that is uh, what my main takeaway from this episode would be I could recommend people get a message out of it. Yeah. Um, great point. Um, yeah. Congrats on doing something very bold and maybe a little scary, Eddie. I mean, I think it- I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Real quick, before we're out of here, where is the best place for people to go if they want to check out more of your work or maybe join what you've got going on? Yeah, folks can go to verygoodcopy.com and uh, that's basically home base. They'll, uh, they'll be able to find links to subscribe there and links to, to plus there and um, links to contact me there. So uh, I, I'd say verygoodcopy.com is the place to go. Eddie, thank you for coming on. David, thank you for putting this putting this together. And for a sneak preview, what do we got coming up next week on the podcast? Well, we've got an old masters series with two old masters that are not even from copywriting, but very much apply. Nice. All right. And until then, make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast over at copywriterspodcast.com. And we will catch you later. Catch you later. Thanks. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.